Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Listen to this story, church. There was a very poor orphan who wanted nothing more in the world than to belong to a family. Finally, his opportunity came. He was eight years old, and a family wanted to adopt him. Introductions were made, papers were signed, and just six days after his eighth birthday, he left for his new home. He took with him his hope and his possessions, the old, worn, and torn clothes he was wearing, and a single soft toy. His new parents were excited to have him and have him with them, and they wanted him to feel like one of the family. A special celebration dinner was held. He was given his own room. He was introduced to the other kids on the street. His parents took his old clothes, threw them away. They bought him brand new, beautiful new clothes. They brought him a brand new bike and more toys. And pretty soon, pretty soon, he began to feel just like all the other kids in the neighborhood, loved and part of a family. One thing, however, was curious. The young boy's old shoes, the ones with the big holes in them, weren't tossed out with the rest of the clothes. His father took them and he placed them on the mantelpiece. It wasn't long before the newly adopted son found out why. You see, every time that boy did something wrong, his father would go and get those shoes and say, look at all we've done for you. We took you in when you had nothing, and look how you behaved. Unfortunately, guys, we do the same thing all too often in our relationships. We dredge up the past and throw it back in someone else's face, never letting them forget how much they're in our debt. If you're taking note, when it comes to forgiveness, I would write this down. Forgiveness means throwing out the shoes as well as the clothes. Throwing out the shoes as well as as the clothes. Refusing to dredge up the past and make it a reason for action in the present. This morning, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk to you about forgiveness. And I truly understand that when a pastor gets up and says, let's talk about forgiveness, it's a very, very real thing. It's very weighty. It's a hard thing for us as humans to deal with forgiveness. But I want to talk to you today about forgiveness. Text-wise, we're going to see that Jesus is going to offer forgiveness even when we don't deserve it. We're going to see that in our text. And number two, because we understand that forgiveness, because we grasp what Jesus does in our lives and we understand that he's forgiven us, we too should then become forgiving people. So I want to talk to you about the forgiveness that God brings, and I want to talk to you about the forgiveness that we should extend to each other. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. People go, forgiveness. See, because here's what's happening. In your mind right now, you're, you're thinking of the very person who hurt you 
okay? And you're going, no, 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 no. Wow, I don't know if I could even, I could, I don't even, ah. Uh, maybe I can get up and leave when, when Pastor Ben won't see, because this is, this is a tough one. No, hold on, hold on. Stay with me, guys. Stay with me. I, I understand that it's a weighty text. But I also, if we're truthful, it's not that we don't want to forgive. It's not that we're going, I don't want to forgive. No! I mean, some of us are like that, but, but I, I believe most believers do want to forgive those who hurt them. But there are times when we must work through the process of forgiveness. For example... I understand, I get it, forgiving others that uh, people who have hurt you isn't always easy. It's not always easy. It's not like, well, I'm a Christian now, so I forgive everyone in the whole world. It, it, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit more complicated. You see, forgiveness is a journey, a path traveled imperfectly and often slowly. So what I'd like to do is I want to preface our Bible study by giving you five elements, guys, of forgiveness. Five things that you can take that'll help you when it comes to forgiveness. Okay? You go, what are they? Well, we first understand that God has forgiven us. And we go, amen. But now I need to forgive. How do I do this? Jot this down. Number one, forgiveness is not cheap. Forgiveness is not cheap. Too many times in Christian circles, you'll hear people say, well, you should just forgive and forget. Come on, just forget about it. Just forgive people. You're supposed to be, God forgave you. You're supposed to forgive. Well, here's the thing, guys. Forgiveness isn't cheap. Many who feel the weight of forgiving often have heavy things to forgive, right? And for some who are stuck in their journey, their decision to forgive is essentially saying, wait a minute, if I forgive, it, it, what, what was done to me doesn't matter. That's how they feel. Or they feel like, well, it should be all better now, and that's not the case. It seems as though the person who hurts you is completely get off free. You go, yeah, amen, brother, preach it. Here's what I want you to jot down, okay? Why did you say forgiveness isn't cheap? Here's why. Because I want you to know today that that it matters immensely to God what happened to you. It matters to God what you've been through in your life. And it matters to God that there, there are times in your life that somebody else who claimed to be a believer maybe has hurt you. Don't be afraid, church. Listen to me. Don't be afraid to take time to unpack the issues that still hurt. What are we good at, guys? We're good at avoiding stuff, aren't we? We're good at going, oh, I'm not going to deal with this. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to. It hurts too much. Don't be afraid. You go, Ben, that's, that's hot. Well, listen, when we take time to unpack the issues in light of who God is, let me say that again. When you begin to unpack the issues in light of who God is, then we can explore and release to God first and then to others. You see, when you go to God first and you say, God, listen, I'm carrying this and I, I'm really hurting here and I'm really, I'm really having a hard time with this and, and I want to release it to you first, that's going to be vital before you can go to somebody and go, yeah, I forgive you and I'll show you why later on as an illustration of the water that Jesus uses. So first of all, what have we learned, guys? Forgiveness isn't cheap. A very high price was paid. You go, okay, I can live with that. What's the second thing, Ben? Jot this down. Forgiveness is a process. It's a process. Some people think it's one and done. You hurt me. Forgive you. Oh, amen. No, no, no. Listen, don't be discouraged if you seem to struggle on and off during your forgiveness journey. 
It was Lewis Mead that says, you will know that forgiveness has begun when you recall those who hurt you and feel the power to wish them well. Right? You see, it's a journey. That's what I said. It's a process. It's a journey. And you go, well, I can't right now. That's okay. Maybe tomorrow you'll take another step and you'll take another step. And when you get to the point where you go, okay, has this forgiveness journey started? You know how you'll know? You'll know, you'll know because you'll be able to recall the person who hurt you and you'll be able to wish them well in the name of the Lord. Number three, number three, forgiveness gives you eyes to see the ones that have hurt you as God sees them. Forgiveness gives you eyes to see the ones who have hurt you as God sees them. How does God see those people? Well, first and foremost, we need to understand hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. They have been hurt, and the reaction is really simple. What are they doing? Hurting people go to the mantle, they take off the shoes, and they go, look at this. And and, and that hurts. Hurting people hurt people, but forgiveness lets you see them the way God sees them. We have to purpose in our heart to see them how God sees them. And you go, wow. When you begin to work through the process, guys, you'll often see that a lot of people who have hurt you have been hurt by others. Number four. Forgiveness doesn't always mean the relationship is restored. You see, in Christian circles, if I can be honest in church, in Christian circles, we think, well, if you've forgiven, then we should all run around and be, um, and be BFF and have, uh, and sometimes it doesn't mean the relationship is restored. There's a lot of instances in life when you can forgive somebody, but you probably shouldn't be in the same room with them. Doesn't mean that relationship is going to be restored. In some situation, restoring the relationship with someone who has harmed you isn't wise. You guys know that. And in other situations, the, res- the resulting relationship, it may look different than it did before. It may have different boundaries. We all know that when we have BFFs, right? You've had a best friend in high school, and, and maybe you confided in your best friend, and your best friend turned on you and spread rumors all about you, and now you've been hurt by that. And you've forgiven that, that friend, but you're no longer going to be confiding her in all the issues that you have. It's a, you've set some boundaries, see? Why? Because we need to understand that forgiveness doesn't always mean what? The relationship is restored. And you, often, and, and you off, oftentimes forgiving somebody doesn't mean that they're going to change. If you say, I forgive you, and you're hoping that they're going to be a different person, that's not always the case, is it? Number five, forgiveness doesn't mean you forget. You've heard, you've heard it said, right, that we must forgive and forget. We've heard that, right? You need to forgive and forget. Forget about it. And here's where they get that from. You've got well-meaning believers that say you need to forget because God in heaven has forgiven you and, for, and forgotten your sins. That is true. God has forgotten them. He no longer chooses to remember. Your sins are gone as from the east into the west, but there are times in our lives where we just can't 
we can't forget. I, I, forgiveness, I, I can't, I can't forget. But here's what it does mean. Listen, it doesn't mean that you don't forget. It means that you remember the things in light of God's healing power in your life. You remember those a little bit differently. You start to remember the he, the hurts that someone else get you, the, uh, that someone else opposed uh, on you, and, and you start remembering them and how God has healed you in your hurts. It's a little bit different. You see, we can take all five and we can go, okay, I can apply that. I can use that. Why? Because I thought I just had to go, that, that, that person hurt me so bad that if I, if I saw him today, it would be too soon. If I saw him a thousand years from now, it would be too soon. If I saw her, whatever it might be, guys, there's been some really deep hurts. And so the issue is we have to purpose to go, okay, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to have the attitude of forgiveness. Why? Because I'm the one that seems to be struggling with unforgiveness. And unforgiveness gives the person, a person, more power over you than they actually have. As we approach our text this morning, let me remind you what we've talked about. Let me set the stage a little bit. We spent our time last week looking at Jesus taking the position of a slave. You go, a slave? Yeah, you see, we're all together. Supper was ended, okay? Jesus gets up and he removes his outer garment. It's called a hemation, a hemation, right? And Jesus was left with a tunic. It's known as shaton, C-H-I-T-O-N, okay? It's a shorter garment, kind of like an undershirt. Now, to you and I, to get up and remove the outer garment like this jacket doesn't mean anything. It's like, well, he was hot. He, But for the Jewish mindset going on here, our eyes and mouths would have went, you go, Why? Because you, you, you need to understand that Jesus takes off his outer garment. He begins to pour water in a basin. He begins to wash the feet of his disciples. And all of a sudden, we're going, whoa, 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 time out. You go, why? Because this is unheard of in Jewish circles. A rabbi, a teacher, a master... Washing the, defeat, the, the, washing the feet of his disciples? Are you kidding me? Every one of us would have been awestruck going, what is this about? What is this about? Do you remember why? You go, Pastor, remind me. The Jewish text says that something, this would be something a Gentile slave would be required to do. But never a Jewish slave, much less a rabbi. So, Let's put it in perspective. There we are. Supper's ended. Jesus gets up. He takes off. And I'm looking at y'all. Y'all are looking at me and we're going, what's he doing? And now he looks like a slave. He's taking on the appearance of a slave. And in our minds, we go, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Maybe a Gentile might, a Gentile might do this, but never a Jewish. He's taking on that of a slave. What's he doing? And then it would hit us. Here is our king of kings our Lord of Lords, we believe him as the Meshach, the Messiah. He's the savior of the world. He's the creator of the universe. We know this. There he is. And instead of, I mean, think about what he's doing, guys. He's giving us the greatest example of humility. And what he does is he shows us how to become a servant of all. Let me... uh, let me give you a nugget of truth that I, that I think you'll find 
just so restful. You go, why, why is that? Let me extend the point. Jesus, he gets up, takes off his garment, lays it aside, puts on a towel, pours water in the basin, and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Now, we've heard this story. But may I remind you that someone else is in the room. You go, who? Judas. Judas was moments away from betraying him from finding the Roman army and bringing him back to what? To betray Jesus. Think about it. Here's what Jesus knew in his mind. I'm going to be in the garden. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to get up. And my best friend, my my guy's been with me for three years, is going to come up and he's going to betray me with a kiss. Jesus knows this. Jesus washes his feet too. You go, wow, where's the restful part? Here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that our Jesus still bends down to wash the feet of his friend. And since the text is about forgiveness, here's what you need to understand. Forgiveness is extended even before the betrayal. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus is already demonstrating the forgiveness to Judas, even before he commits a sin. The Bible says he's tempted. He's been put in his heart. He didn't have to act on it. But Jesus says, come here. I'm going to wash your feet too because I forgive you, Judas. You go, how does that mean for me? Guys, listen. Listen, that's beautiful music to my ears. Why? Because I understand the gospel. I understand that my sins are forgiven, my past. Okay, when I stand before God, I'm not, he's not going to bring up whatever I did in 1984 or 96 or 2008. doesn't matter. It's gone. My sins are gone. And everybody goes, amen. Right? You with me? But then we go, what about my present sins? What about the stuff? What about the the fight I got in with my wife on the way to church? I mean, what about my present stuff? That's forgiven too. But here's what I love. The fact that he washes Judas' feet before the betrayal says my future sins are forgiven. They're gone. And I should be able to rest in Christ as my Savior because I don't have to worry. Well, you go, well, Ben, does that mean I can sin? Well, what does Paul tell us in Romans chapter 6? No, may it never be. But we do at times sin, don't we? We do. We lose it with our kids. We lose it with our boss. We lose it with our spouse. We lose it with ourselves. I mean, sometimes it's just, and Jesus says, no, no, no. Listen, before the sin even happens, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. If you get nothing else out of this message, you need to take that home and go, man, amen. Amen. Think about the song that Josh sang, I am set free. Isn't that, isn't that what it is? I'm set free. Why? Here's why. Listen, there are times in our lives when we feel like we have to work to earn God's favor. And that the rapture is a reward for our due diligence. I hope I make it. I hope I can do it. I hope, I, hope I, I hope God loves me enough. I'll just keep trying. And God's going, no, no, no. It's nothing that you're going to do. It's what I'm going to do. I'm going, wow, isn't that beautiful? Judas is there. Now, here's why it resonates. Because if I was Jesus, I don't know if I would have washed Judas' feet. I know you're going to betray me. Why don't you just leave now? I don't even know what you're doing the last three years with us. You've been stealing money. I mean, whatever it might be. That's how we are. 
but that's not how Jesus is. And so, Jesus, if you're like that, then I want to I be a reflection of you. So help me, Lord. Help me. Well, Jesus gets down. Look at the text in verse 5. After that, what did Jesus do? He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel which he was girded. Talk about being a servant. Guys, being a servant comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. Servanthood comes from a deep love for people. You go, Ben, how can you say that? Well, remember the text. Jesus is hours away from going to the cross to die a horrible, excruciating death. And he's not tripping. He's serving. Where does that come from? It comes from a love for people. And I think and I think it wants to be extended to you and I as believers how we should serve. We should serve people because he loves people. Think about it, guys. Servanthood comes from a deep love for people. It stems from a, a place of selflessness, not selfishness, selflessness. Why? Because we often serve for selfish reasons, don't we? What's that? We often serve so that somebody higher up can see what we're doing. I'm going to go serve at the church. I'm going to sweep the parking lot, and I hope that Pastor Ben sees me because I want somebody important to see that I'm serving. And it's, that's, that's serving from a place of selfishness, not selflessness. Selflessness says, I want to serve, and I don't care who sees me. My God sees me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because God sees me. I'm going to help and extend love to other people because God sees me. I don't need a pat on the back. You see, we talked about this, what, two weeks ago? Or last week, as a matter of fact? And we said, everybody wants to be a servant, help me, church, until we're treated like one. Once you're treated like a servant, you don't they know who I am? I'm the pastor. Right? But I want to be a servant. Go clean the toilets. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and we all want to be a servant until we're treated like one. But the thing about it is that that's not, that's not the prescription that God has given us. He says, I want you to love and I want you to serve, listen to me, like you've never been hurt before. Like you've never been hurt before. Guys, we've all been hurt. But can we love and can we serve? Like, Right? Hmm. So Jesus, guys, in our text, talks about forgiveness. He talks about servanthood. He shows down. I mean, people's minds are bleeding. He's a slave. Oh, my gosh, what's he doing? But it also speaks about what? Forgiveness. Guys, verses 1 to 20, the whole text is about, is about God's forgiveness. But forgiveness means throwing out the shoes as well as the clothes. That's what forgiveness means. It means I'm going to take the shoes. I'm not going to drudge up anything, right? Because when we drudge up the past, here's what we do. Listen to me. We make it a reason for action in the present. This is what you did. What you're doing today reminded me of what you did four years ago. How could you do that to me? That hurt my feelings. Do you remember when you did that four years ago? And and most guys are going, I don't remember what I did last night. What, I said that? Yes, you did. August 24th, 19, you, at 4 o'clock. At, yeah, and we're like, 
got to be careful. I'm not, I'm not saying that women are more detailed than us. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't. <laughs> you were wearing a red shirt. And anyways, thank you, sister, for confirming that. You did that, not me. So here's the question, guys. As we forgive, as we learn to forgive, we have to ask one question. You go, what's that? What's in the water? Are we pouring out the water of forgiveness or are we pouring out the water of bitterness? You go, well, I was laughing a minute ago. No, I'm not. I understand that, right? Listen, let's go back to the upper room for just a moment and let's talk about the water of forgiveness. Verse 5 says, after that, Jesus, our Jesus, amen, poured out water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. And then he's going to come to Simon Peter, and Simon Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered, now here's what I want you to see. Jesus said, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will after this. So Jesus is setting them up. Now we're going to look at more depth next week, but look, scoot over to verse 12 of John 13. And so when Jesus had washed their feet, taken his garments, he sat down again and he said to them, do you know what I have done? Do you know what I have done? So he tells Peter, listen, you're not understanding now, but you will. And then he says, oh, by the way, he says, uh, he finishes with this. And now, now let's, just, let's just step into the moment, right? He washes our feet. And after he washes the 12 and us, he's washing our feet, right? And so we're just, we're just tripping because we don't know what he's doing. And he sits down and he says, do you know what I've done to you? And then in verse 14, he says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, here's, what he, here's the command, you should also wash the feet of others. You go, Pastor, what's he saying? Here it is. You ready? Since the illustration has to do with forgiveness, the phrase means that the believers ought to forgive. That's what he's saying. Jesus is going, listen, I'm going to show you an example that you're forgiven. And do you know what I'm doing? And we go, yes. He goes, you should do what I do. You should be willing with a heart and an attitude to forgive. I'm not getting a lot of amens today. So forgiveness is a hard topic. It's like, you should forgive. Amen. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's kind of hard to do. I get it. I get it. Right. But if you need uh, if you need some more Bible right about forgiveness, it's Matthew's gospel where he says in chapter five, verse twenty three and twenty four. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, remember, your brother has something against you. He says, leave the gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. It was Paul, the apostle in Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty two, that says, be kind to one another, tender hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgave you. What a beautiful verse, isn't it? What did he just say? He said that we as believers should be forgiving. Why? Because God in Christ, Jesus, forgave us. You go, Pastor, so what you're saying is we should forgive. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. Yeah, Pastor, but it's really tough. It is at times. I understand that. That's why I gave you the five elements. It's not cheap. It's a process. I get that. I said, but what about our attitude to forgive? You go, what do you mean? Well, when it comes to forgiving, guys, we need to make sure that the water of forgiveness is not ice cold or boiling hot. 
you go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, okay, think about this, guys. You are, okay, still in the act of forgiving, but the water you're about to use is going to be super ice cold. Super ice. Think about it. You go, the reason? Here's why. You want to forgive because we just learned that the Bible says we should forgive. You want to forgive, but you're not exactly want to do it God's way. So the Lord probably used just lukewarm water, very nice, very soothing. But you instead might want to use what? Ice cold water. Ice cold water. Why? Because here's the reason. You want the other person that hurt you, you want them to know how basically they should feel the effect of the water. You go, how can you illustrate it? Well, again, I'll pick somebody from the audience, okay? Uh, In the water of forgiveness, you pour into the basin ice cold water, okay? So, me and Kevin, me and Kevin in the hallway, this is just a story, Kevin comes up to me and says, Ben, I don't like your jacket. I don't like that color. I don't like it on you. I don't. And I say, Kevin, that hurt my feelings. I like this jacket. And Kevin says, I don't care. I don't like the jacket. Okay? And so I'm offended. I'm hurt. My friend Kevin doesn't like my jacket. And well, he goes to Feather and says, Feather, I think I, I, think I just sinned. I think I hurt Ben's feelings. And Feather being the, Feather's being the smart, obs, wonderful, spiritual woman she is, she looks at Kevin and she says, Kevin, you need to go and ask for forgiveness. And Kevin says, oh, all right, right. So he comes to me and says, Pastor Ben, I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? And I would say, for what, Kevin? He says, for calling your jacket dumb. I said, you didn't say that. Well, that's what I meant. But anyways, <laughs> will you please forgive me? At this point, I say I have the attitude of forgiveness, and here's what I do. I say, sure, Kevin, and, and I want, my attitude of forgiveness is the same way as Jesus washing feet. I want to wash your feet, but instead of just really forgiving him, what do I do? I add super cold water, super cold water. You go, well, what's the attitude? The water in our attitude forgive is cold. Here's what it means. It means that from now on, I'm going to be distant from Kevin. It's cold. I'm going to be distant. So I see Kevin at church. I see him coming. I know what he said. I supposedly forgave him, but I'm looking at him and I'm going. And he goes, hey, Ben, how you doing? Good. We're distant. I've used the, the very cold, the very ice cold water. Kevin sits, comes and he sits down at a table. I look at him because I won't engage. I get up and I walk away. Kevin's going, I thought he forgave me. It was it was the jacket. I mean, seriously. It was silly. Church, listen, I am not negating at all the fact that there are people who have hurt us deeply. And we have to step away from that relationship. I get that. But I'm talking about stuff that we do to each other every single day that we don't even know we do. You go, what else? Well, part of being cold, guys, is that... Is that um... Do you guys remember back in the day, um, you used to put ice water, Right? used to put ice water, and because we didn't have iPhones or iPads, that's the only game we played. You had to stick your hand in the water and see who could hold it in the longest. Anybody remember that? Just the older guys. Younger guys are going, you're dumb. I know, but that's all we had. Okay? I'm talking about cars that we made out of blocks. Give me a break. My car souped up. Really, it looks like a block. Be quiet. 
And so what we would do is, we would, here's what would happen. We'd, we'd get together a bunch of guys and we'd go, I bet I'm tougher than you. I'm going to stick my hand. And you'd stick the hand in the water and whoever pulled it out, what? Last wins. What would happen to your hand? It would get super numb, wouldn't it? Nicole, it'd be super numb. You'd be like, it'd be all red and you're like, I win. Really? What did you win? Frostbite? I mean, seriously. <laughs> when we use that same type of water, when it comes to forgiveness, guys, our heart is numb to the people that God loves. You won't engage. You know, Kevin is sincere. He comes to me and I'm going, sure, Kevin, here. Cold water, cold, cold water. Won't engage, numbness. You know, something else happens to you when you get, when you get your, your skin super cold, it becomes waxy. And I thought, wasn't that cool? Because when we can, we become thick skin, don't we? We just don't, we just don't. So then you have a game night, right? You have a game night. And uh, they invite Kevin, and I said, and they say, Ben, you want to come to a game night? Yeah, I love game night, man. That's awesome. Is Kevin going to be there? Yeah, I'm not coming. But, bro, I thought you forgave him. I did. I did. Wow. You go, Ben, that's extreme, bro. I don't use super cold water. I don't put ice water, put ice cold water. That's silly. Now, see, a lot of us, in a different scenario, would use boiling hot water. Boiling hot water. You go, what does that mean? Boiling hot water, same scenario, okay? Same scenario. I got to find somebody. Josh, there you go. Josh, me and Josh. You know, same scenario, right? Only Josh says, I really like your jacket. That shirt looks dumb. I'm like, Josh, come on, bro. What's up? I mean, something silly, right? Your shoes are dumb. Your haircut's dumb. Well, he wouldn't say that because this is smooth. But anyways, um, <laughs> so, he offends, so he offends me, right? Josh, Josh Flotis offends me, and he says, hey, um, I'm sorry, Pastor Ben. I was having a bad day. Will you, will you please forgive me? Now, I know Josh, and I know where Josh has come from. Here's, here's the hot water that I would pour into the basin. It's taking the shoes off the mantle and showing Josh. In other words, I'm going to point out every mistake he's ever done in the act of forgiveness. Oh, yeah, Josh? Put your feet in here, buddy. Yeah, Wouldn't, didn't you do this? Didn't you do that? Didn't you act like this? And, and that's what it is, guys, and we've got to be so careful because what we do is we tend to Use boiling hot water and what? And we, and we remember every mistake that somebody's ever done. I could imagine Jesus sitting there with water going, Peter, oh, you know what? For the last three years, you've been really a stress to me, bro. You did this and you did this and you did. Remember when we were in the sea? Remember when you did this and over at Capernaum and... Judas, you're, oh my goodness, you're even, you're stealing money from the book. I mean, you're a thief. Get out, you know? He doesn't. He doesn't. He just says there's forgiveness to those who believe. We, on the other hand, what is it, guys? We'll point out every, every mistake. Every mistake. Constantly. Reminding them, washing the feet with consequences. You may not, you may not forgive people by reminding them of their mistakes, but you sure will let them know how that affected you over the years. Bro, I thought I asked you to, you did, but you know what? My life is, I mean, I could never wear a button-down shirt again because of you. 
I could never do this because, right? Don't we, don't we start making and don't we get the stories on even bit, even more? I forgive you for the hurt and pain you caused me, but here's the thing. Every time they did something wrong, we would be the first ones to go and get the shoes and say, look, look. You go, well, Ben, okay, so I'm not really a, I'm not really a cold guy. I'm not really a hot guy. Here's something you don't know. Sometimes we will take the water of forgiveness and the water of forgiveness is neither hot nor cold. It's actually indifferent. You go, indifference? Yeah, you know what indifference means? Lack of concern, lack of interest, lack of enthusiasm, unresponsiveness. And somebody comes up to us and they say, will you please forgive me? We're like, yeah, whatever. Where does indifference come from, guys? It comes from a hard heart of being hurt so much. And you might say you forgive, but you're going, nobody's going to hurt this heart. Nobody's going to hurt this heart. And I'm not, I'm not able to love because my heart is hurt. And I'm not allowed to be loved because my heart is hard and hurt. It's the, it's the indifference. As we close our Bible study today, guys, the title of today's message is, What's in the Water? Forgiveness or Bitterness? And believe it or not, I found a story, man, about forgiveness that I think you'll enjoy. Listen to this, because I think this is a lot of us, guys. You ready? This the gal writes this, this story, and it just fits so good. You ready? Listen to this as we close. Forgiveness is a funny thing, she writes. It seems so simple at first. Someone does something wrong, they apologize, and you forgive them. Only, she says, what if they don't apologize? Or what if they do, but you still can't seem to get over it? And the hurt follows you around. It seems like a little thing, not a heavy burden to carry. She writes, it seems like it, it's sort of like a balloon. Tied to your wrist. Oh, you feel its tug, but it's no bother, right? It's just a balloon. And you go your way, putting that balloon behind you. Or maybe, maybe you've got a few balloons. Well, no trouble. Until one day you go swimming. Try as you might, you can't keep those balloons underwater with you. You just can't get through the water without them trying to strangle you. You shove those balloons down deep under the water as you can, but the balloons just keep popping up. Maybe, she writes, it was something that person said, or maybe it was something someone else did. Just a little thing, but it triggered an old hurt. She goes on to write this. Listen, a few years ago, I thought I had forgiven my sister for some things she had said or did when we were children. We were kids, for goodness sake. And it wasn't a huge deal. But the normal big sister irritated with little sister stuff. She didn't mean to hurt me deeply. She just does, she doesn't do those things now. 
It's in the past. I'm over it. I've forgiven her. Until one day, my oldest daughter was rude to me and I erupted. I completely went off. I was shocked at my response. What in the world made me so angry with her? Then I realized she had acted the way my sister did when we were younger. Obviously, I was holding on to balloons from my past. We'd never call it bitterness, she writes. That would be a sin. It was bitterness. See, bitterness doesn't look like we think it does. It's not a grumpy old woman with her lower jaw sticking out and a furrowed brow. It's not a cocked head, a sideways glance. It's not a cold shoulder. Bitterness is a lingering pain, undealt with. It isn't hurting the other person at all. Most of the time, it's not hurting you at all. It's just a balloon you carry around. And then one day you go swimming. Praise God for the days you go swimming. You see, on that day, bitterness is revealed to you. And you have an opportunity to deal with it. There's only one way to deal with these balloons that keep popping up. Let it go. Let it go. I know it sounds trite and oversimple, but there really is no way around it. You have to dig deep and pry that root of bitterness from its comfortable home. God can help you with this, she writes. It may be a small injustice you've buried, like mine, or it may be a large festering wound that you've salved over for years hoping it would heal. Only you and God knows the best way to work it out. Lay your burden at his feet. You can handle it. And when you finally let go of that balloon, you'll watch it fly higher and higher into the sky. What once seemed like only a light burden now looks even less, only like a speck in the sky. Pretty soon you won't see it at all. Then one day, maybe it's something someone said or something someone else did that you'll come across that old balloon again. It won't seem like much now because it's empty, powerless, and deflated. You see, guys, when it comes to forgiveness, what you need to understand is that God that created you has forgiven you. You don't have to carry the burden of unforgiveness. And when you truly understand what forgiveness and what Jesus means, then it's easy to extend that to others. And you can say, I forgive you, and you can put it in the past, and you can let it go. Make sure you're not carrying out a balloon of bitterness. Sometimes God will say, it's time to go swimming, and you realize, oh my gosh, I can't even swim. I've I've got to let this stuff go. God, help me. And then he'll cut it. And you'll watch the bitterness float away. And when those things come back to try to haunt you, the things that used to irritate you in the past, you go, nope, it's empty, it's lifeless, it's deflated. It doesn't have a hold on me. Because I've been forgiven, I can forgive. I can forgive. Amen. Father, thank you for your word today, Lord. 
Lord, we come humbly before you. Lord, there might be somebody here. Lord, I, I struggle with this at times, God. I know I do. God, maybe there's somebody here, God, that's just they're struggling with, with grasping your forgiveness for them. And Lord, their whole life, they felt like they've had to do something or be something so that you would love them. Never measuring up, God. And Lord, there's emotions in our lives that trigger stuff we did when we were little and and even when we were Christians that we need to just ask your forgiveness. Father, there's people here today, God, that are struggling right now, God, with with, uh, forgiving somebody who's hurt them. I pray that they would work through that, God, that it's not cheap, Lord, that you know. And you know that it's a process. And you know it's something that you've got to work, that they've got to work through. But, Lord, there's also stuff that because of the big hurt, we've got a lot of little hurts that we can just simply forgive. Lord, may the water of forgiveness that we pour into the basin of each heart would be, would be lukewarm, super right temperature for each forgiveness. That's how much you love us, God. That's how much we want to love people. So, Lord, I thank you. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.